Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post-20 NFL Show. You're now listening to the Week 4 Preview, Week 3 Review. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on with you, man? Just excited for another week of football, man. Yeah. Nothing like sitting down on Sunday, especially now it's getting a little cold outside, drinking a beer, watching some football. I'm excited. Yeah, I uh, I set the TV up outside last week and and busted my pizza oven out so i had a couple of friends over and we uh i I cooked pizza during the 1 p.m slate so i missed like the first 15 20 minutes the pizza oven cooks fast but i was running in and outside of the house but this week i think uh i'll let somebody else host so i get to uh experience even the first couple minutes because that's really the best couple minutes is the first couple um all right, let's run through the results from last week. We're on a little bit of a time frame, so it'll be a short, shorter episode again. Um, we had the Steelers versus the Browns. That wound up 17 Steelers, 29 Browns. Browns covered the spread. Uh, Steelers, despite losing by eight points, were in the game for a majority of it. Um they scored two touchdowns in the second quarter, but were unable to clutch it up there towards the end. There was a terrible fumble uh, and recovery that absolutely fucked the spread for a ton of people. Uh, we got a little bit of a refund on that uh, if you used FanDuel, but it was quite disgusting. Nick Chubb, 113 yards and a touchdown. I think Brissett looked okay. Amari Cooper looks really good, surprisingly. Deontay Johnson with 84 yards, and then Najee Harris had a touchdown as well as a Mitch Trubisky rushing touchdown. I mean, what do you think of this game? It, it was definitely ugly. The Browns are now 2-1, and one, the Steelers are 1-2. and two. I think they're set up for a bounce-back week, but this is uh, this is sort of indicative of their, their offensive situation, I think. Yeah, the Steelers um, are not going to put up a lot of points all season. It seems like they look the same as last year. Um, I'm more so impressed with the Browns, though. I mean, Jacoby Brissett's doing his job well. Um, Amari Cooper is just being a target hog because they don't really have any other weapons receiving-wise. And then Nick Chubb and Kareem are doing really well. So, I mean, I think the Browns could compete. Um, I'm excited to see when they play the Ravens eventually. Um, I don't know when that is. Um, but that should be a good game, uh, that defense versus Lamar. And, just, I mean, it'll be a quick game. It'll probably be the fast game of the week because both teams will just run the whole time. But yeah, I like the Browns so far this year. Uh, we'll jump into Bills 19, Dolphins 21. The Buffalo Bills faulted 2-1. The juggernaut, who we thought was just unbeatable, uh, turned out to be quite beatable. Tua, who 100% had a concussion and probably already has CTE, despite it being a late-onset uh, disease, managed to lead the Dolphins to a victory. He was 13 for 18 with 186 yards and a touchdown. Not quite the... Uh, Six touchdown, 500-yard masterclass that he displayed uh, the week prior, but still showing that he can manage a game even if he's injured. Josh Allen threw for six. He had 63 attempts, 400 yards, and two touchdowns. He rushed for nearly 50 on the ground, but the receiving game is where the touchdowns came from. A touchdown from Devin Singletary, who had 80 yards receiving, and a touchdown from Isaiah McKenzie, who also had 76. Diggs questionable uh, after an injury sort of late there. Chase Edmonds managed to get two touchdowns in this game, but was still outtouched by Raheem Mostert. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily take all that much away from this game. The fact that 
it was in Miami and the Bills players who are so used to playing in, you know, pretty cold to to medium temps up in Buffalo uh, is, is definitely a factor. Those guys were suffering from heat stroke. They were sucking wind on the sideline. Of course, you have to be ready to play these sort of games. But, I mean, it, it's just not all that common because for a majority of the season, even down in Florida, within the next couple of weeks, it's it starts to get a little bit more moderate in terms of temperature. And I just think the Bills were, were totally not ready for this they they got outplayed there was a clock management situation towards the end uh that was an issue but i think what that comes down to is the fact that the bills batter so many teams that they're never in situations where they have to clock the ball and and they their time management there towards the end what you know they could have got up and, and kicked the field goal and, and won the game but they they called a different play and 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 they fucked it up. So I don't know. This this was a weird game. I don't know if you have any sort of worries about the Bills. I I personally don't, and I don't think the Dolphins are going to continue to win this many games. But um, yeah, I mean, what do you what do you think? Yeah, no worries about the Bills. Um, like you said, it was a little out of their comfort zone in terms of temperature and humidity and all that, um, which won't be a problem no. come playoff time. Um, but. They also were pretty beat up um, on the defensive end in terms of injuries, which helped, you know, the Dolphins put up their million points. And the Dolphins actually um, came out on the lucky end on that butt punt, which yeah. doesn't seem correct because people would be like, well, they gave up the safety. But, I mean, that punt at most was going to their own 35, 40 Yeah, it could have been worse for sure. So that would have been a free touchdown for the Bills and they would have lost the game. So, I mean, there was just some – I mean, a lot of points. I don't think the Bills will give up that many points every week, so I think they'll be fine moving forward. And Dolphins' offense looked good, um, but I'm not sold on them after I just watched Tua die. So we'll have to see how he looks tomorrow. Yeah, they said uh, he's got a neck injury or a back injury. That, that's a that's a brain injury. He got absolutely yes. destroyed. He didn't know where he was when he when he got up. So. Uh, you know, the NFL notorious for caring about player safety. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, 27. The New York Jets, 12. The over did not cash, despite Jeremy and I both thinking it was a spot to smash the over. Bengals are now 1-2. and two. They face the Dolphins tonight, but that's besides the point. We'll get to that. Burrow, 275 yards, three touchdowns. Tyler Boyd leading receiver with 105 and a score. Jamar Chase had a score, and so did Samaj P. Ryan, who I thought was dead, but he isn't. Flacco, two interceptions, no TDs, and 285 yards. And this one he threw 52 times, which is fucking insane for a player as old as Joe Flacco. Not really impressed with the way that the Bengals played. I think there was a chance for them to really smash the Jets here, and they only won by two scores. So uh, it, it's not bad. You know, they needed they needed this win, but it was a it was a cupcake win for sure. And I didn't take all that much from this game. Other than the fact that Michael Carter doesn't really get enough touches. He only had 11 carries. I'd like to see that number bumped up. Uh, he is extremely athletic, and I think he's he's really got a chance to be a good back in this league. Um, but splitting Hall or splitting touches between him and rookie Brees Hall uh, is going to be the thing that holds him back. So uh, good win for the Bengals to get back on the board. Another thing I took away was Joe Mixon. Uh, did absolutely fucking nothing in this game, and they have to get him more involved if they want to establish the run uh, and and have stronger second halves because they only scored seven in the uh, in the second half. Yeah, no, Michael Carter and Brees are both good, but it seems like the Jets are um, content 
with trying to push the Brees Hall narrative. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I mean, I don't think using either of them will hurt them. Um, but tonight feels like it's um, make or break for the Bengals. Going up here, speaking on, speaking on them. Um, if they play bad tonight, it seems like they're pretty much destined to yeah, cool. finish about 500, maybe. Um, but if they show up tonight, they could turn things around here. Yeah, it's a big spot for the Bengals tonight. I I, I really don't know how I feel about it. I, I'm going to have to check the money because, and, and I will when I make the picks, but um, it's it's a really, really, really important game. I mean, this is like a, a week four Super Bowl for them. They have to turn it around and get to two and two if they want to contend in that division, even though the division's kind of poor outside of the, the Ravens. Uh, okay, we had Raiders-Titans, which was a fucking disaster. Derek Carr, 303 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. No rushing TDs for the Raiders, but Matt Collins had an absolutely unbelievable game through the air. 158 yards on eight receptions. He had a touchdown. Devontae Adams registered a touchdown as well. That is now 33 consecutive games with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr in the same lineup where Devontae has scored a touchdown, which is absolutely insane. Uh, Derrick Henry looked more like the old Derrick Henry in this one, 85 yards, 20 carries, and a touchdown. Tannehill did throw an interception, but he also managed to rush one in and get one to Jeff Swaim. That was the first TD of the game. Titans looked really good in the second quarter, but outside of that, they looked relatively toothless. The Raiders, this is a much more consistent performance from them, I think, than we've seen in prior weeks. However, they were unable to close the game out. They missed the... Two-point conversion at the end. This is just keeps happening. We saw it in the Bucks packers game as well. We'll get to that. Um, but the Raiders are now 0-3, and the Titans, who are, I think, probably a worse team on paper than the Raiders, are 1-2. So, I don't know. The uh, The Raiders got to turn it around. I think their coaching situation is kind of dire. seems to me that maybe McDaniels um, is a great second fiddle and, and maybe not somebody that can uh, coach a team. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, well, I was big on the Raiders going into the season, yeah. um, adding Devonte, um, but it just doesn't seem like they can get out to a lead at any point. They just, I don't know. Just they never feel like they're in control of the game, and it doesn't look good for them. So yeah. unless they can start, you know, getting control of the game, getting people other than Devonte open because teams are just doubling him, um, they're going to be in for some long weeks until they can figure that out. Yeah, and and they they're squeezing the ball to to Devante in this this different. Well, it's mostly just man. They're doubling, but um, Derek Carr can get the ball through. Like he, he needled it through for that touchdown pass, but <clears throat> you can't you can't expect the same sort of target share that Devante had in Green Bay, despite also being doubled there. I just don't think that Derek Carr's accuracy is quite as good as um Aaron Rodgers and and you know that that chemistry that Devontae and, and Aaron Rodgers had is probably similar to the sort of chemistry that that he and Derek Carr have they're they're boys so I, I don't know maybe this will improve maybe that situation that link up will get better as we go but I just don't think that Derek Carr is a cerebral quarterback and I think Rodgers is probably if not the smartest quarterback I've ever seen Definitely in the top two or three. Um, so we'll have to see how that situation sort of develops. I'm eager to see if, if Devontae's numbers start to get cranked up or if they just stay where they're at. 
Saints Panthers, Jeremy's Panthers get a the first win of their season. They are one and two. The New Orleans Saints are also one and two. Matt Rule, probably the worst coach in the NFL, in my opinion, gets a win on the board in this one. Jameis Winston lost the game for the Saints, in my opinion. 353 yards, impressive. Touchdown, nice. With two interceptions. Alvin Kamara had 61 yards on the ground. Uh, and Mark Ingram scored the rushing TD for the Saints. Uh, Marquez Callaway was able to get into the end zone towards the end with an absolutely sensational catch, uh, but it was not enough. The Panthers looked pretty solid. I think it was the McCaffrey show. By the way, he's injured now. Uh, LaVisca Chenault saved Baker Mayfield, got away uh, on one of his receptions for like 80 yards and a touchdown. But other than that, Baker looked really, really fucking bad. 12 for 25, 170 yards and a touchdown. Those are Justin Field stats. Uh, it's just really not good, to be honest with you there. I, I, I don't know what is going on. It's more, I think, this this victory for the Panthers is more of an indicator of how mismanaged and poorly the Saints are playing than it is of the Panthers playing good football. And and this was a stink fest. There was a lot of money on the Saints. We should have known that this was a spot where the Panthers would excel. Um I, I wouldn't take this as too much of an indicator of the current state of the Panthers. More about the Saints for me. Yeah, no. Um, I honestly just wish the Panthers would have lost. Um, I already chalked the season up. Let's get the best draft pick we can. Let me get Bryce Young, Will Levis, CJ Stroud on the team. Yeah. Um, let me stop looking at Baker Mayfield, please. Um, he is terrible. Turns out he was the problem in Cleveland. Um, oh yeah, and, and we're we're cooked pretty much for this season, um, which is fine. You know, it is what it is. It's but yeah. the Saints are equally as bad, so that's kind of nice. Um, unless you're an Alvin Kamara fantasy owner, um, like some of us, uh, like myself, <laughs> uh, their whole new coaching staff going on there, um, and the Winston show is just not working out. No, it's not bad. I think Jameis Winston's bottom five quarterback in the league. He's super flashy. He does have extreme upside, but his downside is is pretty much stronger than anybody else. You know, he's gonna throw a lot of picks. He hasn't sorted that out, and and I just I don't know. What I will say quickly uh, before we move on is that Chris Olave had an awesome game. He had nine catches for 147 yards. He was unable to get into the end zone here, but him and and Traquan Smith. Combined for, you know, pretty much three quarters of, of what Winston threw for here. So they looked good. I thought MT and Landry were going to be hurt for this one, but they were both in there. Uh, that, that receiving core is really not bad. They just don't have a quarterback uh, who is cerebral enough to get those guys running the right routes and get them open. Olave is just like, extremely, extremely impressive in terms of athleticism. So it's good that, that Jameis has him to throw to. But I, I don't think we can uh, count on Jameis to, to do anything here soon. We'll move on to Ravens-Pats. Lamar continues his MVP campaign uh, with 218 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. He rushed for 107 yards and a touchdown as well. Mark Andrews led the receiving core with 89 yards and two scores. Rashad Bateman had 59 yards, and then Devin Duvernay scored a nice toe tap towards the end with 25 yards and a touchdown. I should mention that Josh Oliver, uh, who I think is a backup tight end, I'm, I'm not even sure, also got in. Um, two interceptions, three interceptions for the um, 
Ravens defense, Mac Jones looked fucking terrible in this game. He did have a 321 yards, but those three picks and no scores sort of saddled that score line. Ramondre Stevenson got the uh, lion's share of the carries here with 12. He had 73 yards and a score. Damian Harris had 41 yards and a score. Then Mac Jones rushed one in as well. The big thing I took away from the Pats here was the fact that Devontae Parker actually showed up. He had five receptions for 156 yards. He is probably the most talented receiver on that roster. Um, I think he's leagues ahead of Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar had a good week last week, if if you guys will remember. But um, he actually showed up. He had 156 yards, but no scores. Uh, he looked really, really good. But with Jacoby Myers headed back into the lineup this week and the fact that Mac Jones is going to be out uh, because, you know, he got his leg sawed off or so he'd have you think, um, you know, that'll, that'll sort of lessen Devontae Parker's targets and, and receptions. What do you take away from this? I mean, I thought the Ravens would win. They won me some money this week. Uh, and Lamar looks looks like the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, no, my takeaway is that Lamar is that guy. Yeah, he's serious. Uh, and he deserves every dollar that he's going to get here at the end of the season. And the Ravens cost themselves a lot of money by not paying him before he did all this. Yeah. Um, but him and Mark Andrews look to be the most lethal connection in the league um, from a wide receiver tight end, wide receiver running back, wide or wide receiver running back, quarterback, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, they seem to be the most lethal duo. And the Patriots are shot. Mac Jones isn't playing for a couple weeks. They're going to trot out 35-year-old Brian Hoyer, um, who Jesus. last played for the Texans, I think. Um, so, Texans you know, or Browns, yeah. Yeah, so he's never been good. Uh, so they're they're kind of shot there. Um, not that anyone will feel bad for them. No, I'm tired of the Patriots. You know, they're they're playing boring football, and I know that's sort of that's sort of how Belichick, you know coaches he he lets the players make the the flashy individual plays and and fight for extra yardage and things like that they've always sort of been that way um but they're not they're not going to outscore teams that have high high powered offenses like they lost to the to the dolphins they're they lost to the ravens here they're going to lose the teams that just throw and run harder faster and with better tempo and that's just going to be the story all season so We'll move into another one, uh, a team that's going to continue to lose close games. The Detroit Lions, they scored 24, the Vikings 28. Despite leading by 10 points, two times, two separate times in this game, the Lions fall to the Vikes uh, in Minnesota. This is a dome game. We knew Kirk was going to come out. We knew he'd be okay. Uh, I think the, was the dome open in Minnesota here? Um, I think it was. I can't say that I paid close enough attention to know. Yeah. All right. I think it was. I'm looking at the pictures right now. It looks like the sun was out. Uh, But Kirk was home. It was a 1 p.m. game. This is where he shows up. He didn't play all that well, but he did enough. 260 yards and two touchdowns. He played pretty much like super mediocre for the entire game until the very end where he led them down the field and they managed to score. Dalvin Cook looked more like Dalvin Cook in this one. He had 96 yards and a touchdown. Alexander Madison notched another for them on the ground. K.J. Osborne, game-winning touchdown the 70 uh, <clears throat> with 73 yards and a touchdown. And then Adam Thielen 
notched one as well. Big point on this one. Justin Jefferson was locked up again. He was in a maximum security prison. I know people like this guy. I think he's an extremely talented receiver. He's very, very good. When he can get away from his defenders, his hands and his route running are fantastic, but his hands are so good. He, he has the potential to be the best receiver in the league, in my opinion. However, he's not able this week and last week he wasn't able to gain the separation he needed to go for, you know, the yards after after catch. He only had three three receptions here for 14 yards. That's just not good enough for a guy as good as he is, and I think that's part of why this game was so close. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The Lions did their best um, Kirk Cousins impression. Yeah, that is what, the, what it the was. Game. <laughs> it's just kind of funny that they, they did that. Um, yeah, Dowin's good. Um, they finally are, you know, getting him involved. And, of course, he dislocates his shoulder for what feels like the 100th time. Yeah. Um, but he'll be all right. I mean, him and Madison should really be the focal points of their offense. Um, I mean, they're identical in run style, speed. Yep. Like, everything, they are just two beasts. And they they want to make Kirk Cousins the focal point. I think if they can get back to, you know, getting Dalvin and even Madison involved, I think they would have a lot of success. Yeah, if they if they decided to use those guys like the Packers, another division team, use uh, Jamal Williams and um, or not Jamal Williams, what's his name, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, then I I think the Vikings would be more successful. It's less chance for the for Kirk to turn the ball over in clutch spots, which is extremely important. And the more and more I watch these games in the North in the NFC North. The more I <laughs> I remember that, like, it's just, it's timeshare running back hell. Like, I just, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, timeshare running back hell. Same thing in fucking um, Chicago. Same thing in Green Bay. Same thing in Minnesota. It's tough, man. It's really tough to own these players in fantasy. I say that after trading DeAndre Swift for fucking peanuts yesterday because he's injured again. Jamal Williams was the lead back for the Lions. He had two touchdowns and 87 yards. Goff with a touchdown and an interception. But uh, Josh Reynolds was the leading receiver. He had 96 yards in the air. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown had 73. It's just tough, man. It, it, it's tough for the Lions to be 1-2. and two. I think they're playing good football. But it's going to be another season where they're just blowing, blowing leads. Um, and I don't think that we're going to see the Lions in the playoffs this year despite the fact that Lions fans uh, seem to disagree. All right, let's move on. Eagles 24, Commanders 8. The Eagles score all, <laughs> all 24 points in the second quarter, and then a late Washington Commanders uh, surge up the field gets them 8 points. But Jalen Hurts looks fantastic. He and Lamar... Uh, are probably the, the MVP candidates this season, which is nuts to think about. Hurts, 200, or 340 yards, three touchdowns. Miles Sanders, 46 on the ground. Devontae Smith with an absolutely unbelievable game. He had 169 yards, a touchdown. A.J. Brown had 85 yards and a touchdown. And then we had Dallas Goddard get into the end zone as well. Um... Takeaway, the commanders have no offense when Wentz isn't getting protected and he's not getting protected all that much. They got 
Antonio Gibson into the end zone. And they actually got Terry McLaurin 102 yards as well. But it's tough, man. It's really tough when your guys don't block for a quarterback that needs pocket protection. Wentz is good when he's protected, but when he's not, he is so, so, so bad. I think there was there, there was an unbelievable amount of pressures, and I think they got to him nine times. He got sacked nine times, if if I recall correctly. Uh, that is just not good enough. And I know this Eagles defensive line is extremely good. They do look good, I, I have to say it. Um, but, but Washington's D line is, is just, or offensive line is just really, really bad. They have to be better. They have to get Wentz more time to throw the ball and find his receivers. Uh, and if they do that, I think they're going to be okay. But you know, the commanders are now one and two and the Eagles are three and zero at the top of their division. Yeah, no, the uh, Eagles look good. Um, Jalen Hurts, uh, looks very improved, um, which is nice. Um, a little nervous about them when they go on like those cold streaks. Like you said, they had 24 um, in the first half or all in the second quarter, and then they kind of fizzle out. I don't know if that's a coaching issue or an actual playing issue. You know what I mean? It could yeah. be another. It could be Sirianni's pulling the old Sean McVay and playing not to lose rather than to keep winning. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But, I mean, there's not much negatives you can say about the Eagles up to this point. I mean, they look really, really good. Um, the Commanders, on the other hand, not as good. Like you said, Carson Wentz needs protection. Um, and when he's not getting protection, he keeps throwing these two-yard dump-offs to Curtis Samuel, yeah. um, which don't really lead you anywhere. I mean, you can hope he makes a play, but like if you keep running you know, drag routes across the front of the line of scrimmage, like it's not going to work forever. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, the NFC East is always fun to watch, but um, if they could just block for Carson Wentz a little more, I don't think they have a bad team at all. No, yeah, I I really do think that they have enough to be like a decent team. They're they're I like their roster better than I like the Giants roster, and the Giants are two and one. Um, the Commanders are one and two. I, I don't know. I I do think that the Commanders could could play second in this division. When I look at their team versus the injuries and stuff that they have in Dallas, I do think that the Commanders are okay. I just I don't know. They're they're just not performing to to the standard they need to perform. Uh, we'll move on. Chiefs 17, Colts 20. The Colts win in a big upset spot. 90% of the money was on the Chiefs by the time the game kicked off. There's your number one indicator that the Colts are going to go out and play decent football. Mahomes, 262 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He had 26 yards on the ground, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the only rushing TD uh, for the Chiefs. He actually registered zero yards, believe it or not, but he saved uh, his line with 39 yards receiving. Travis Kelsey got into the end zone, 58 yards and a touchdown, but he was relatively bottled up in this one. Matt Ryan threw for 2-2-2 and two touchdowns, so that's a 2-2-2-2-2. Jonathan Taylor, 71 yards on 21 carries, no TDs. By the way, he did not practice yesterday. That is the first time in his career that he's missed a practice. Michael Pittman Jr. led the receiving line with 72 yards on eight catches. However, it was Jelani Woods that had both scores in the air for the Colts. 13 yards, two scores. What did you take away from this game? Because for me, it was just the fact that the Chiefs have to get off to a hotter start than 14 points in the first half against a Colts line that has been struggling. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to worry about Patrick Mahomes. I agree. Um, yeah. You know, like once, you know, when 
when December, January comes, he's going to go out there and do that thing where he runs around for 10 seconds and then throws the ball sidearm and it's 50 yards downfield in Travis Kelsey's chest and then it's a touchdown. Uh, um, but yeah, they definitely need to do a little better on the offensive front. Um, I mean, I don't think, you know, establishing a run game would hurt them, uh, which they can't seem to do. I mean, Clyde Edwards Lair had zero rushing yards. Um, he had multiple attempts, but he had zero yards, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think that would, that's the thing that is missing from their offense is a good running back. Um, I mean, Jarek McKinnon, let's be honest, he's not the guy. No, he's um, not. But yeah, I mean, props to the Colts for playing well. They're still a bad football team, in my opinion. Yes, agreed. Um, and they don't, I mean, I don't think Jonathan Taylor's in line for the season he had last year, although through three weeks his stats were fairly similar. Yeah, real, um, really similar. I looked at that this morning. But I just have a tough time seeing them do the same thing they did last year. Um, just because, although I don't think Carson Wentz is the greatest quarterback in the world, um, and I do think in terms of you know career-long quality, Matt Ryan is obviously the better quarterback of the two, um, if you look at the total numbers. But Carson Wentz has that electricity factor to him where he'll yeah. go out there and make a play, and it may lose you the game. Maybe win you the game, but at least he's going to go out there and try to do something to win the football game. Whereas Matt Ryan just plays like a standard quarterback; like he just sits there and tries to pass the ball and doesn't do anything other than you know goes through his first read, goes through his second read. If not, he's sacked. Yeah, um, which is fine. I mean, he had a very long, successful career, but I just don't think the Colts um, are going to be great. Yeah, I totally agree. We'll move on to Texans twenty, Bears twenty three. Despite Justin. Uh, Justin Fields having an absolutely abysmal game once more. The Bears are able to get it done on the ground. Justin Fields, 106 yards, 8 for 17 on completions uh, with two interceptions. Khalil Herbert, it was it was his day. He had 157 yards on 20 carries with two touchdowns. Uh, David Montgomery went out early with an ankle injury, so it was the Khalil Herbert show. Cole Komet got his first two catches. He had 40 yards through the air. It looks like he's you know, moving forward, the fact that, that Fields can't connect with Darnell Mooney for more than 10 yards. Um, it looks like Komet's probably primed to be the safety blanket there just because he's a big target. But Fields doesn't really throw the ball that much, so I, I don't know. I, I It's it's not going to do any of us any good, me trying to read the uh, Chicago Bears offense because it's it's pretty much non-existent outside of the run game. Texans, Davis Mills, 245 yards, touchdown. Two interceptions. Damian Pierce got into the end zone for the first time in his NFL career. He had 80 yards on 20 carries. Decent showing from him. And then Chris Moore was the leading receiver for the Texans with 63 yards. Jordan Aikens was the one that got into the end zone for the Texans through the air. But this was a really uh, sort of lackluster, unimpressive performance from the Texans. I thought this was a good underdog spot. But the Bears were able to improve their record to 2-1. and one. The Bears are going to finish last place in their division, right? Like, I, I have no doubt. I, do you do you think the Lions could somehow finish below them? No, I think the Bears finished last in the division. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they're kind of, outside of their horrible quarterback play, um, Justin Fields is not the answer and is bad, um, clearly by the fact they don't want to throw the ball. They're kind of cool to watch from the fact that I've never seen a team so intent on running the football in the I NFL. Yeah. Like they play like it's like army versus navy every single game. It's kind of cool. Um it doesn't lead to success, but it's kind of cool to find a team that isn't, you know, just 
pass happy at this stage like every other team. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not going to lead to success, but I, I give them a lot of props for, you know, sticking to their game plan. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's true. And I mean, they are really the team that runs the ball the most. When you look at Army Navy is a, is a great comparison, but um, they should just start running the triple option, though. Like, if they're going to do that, just let let Fields go back there and, and let him rush half the time because he's not going to throw the ball. Put three running backs on the field because Fields, he's not quite as much of a running back as Hertz is, but he can definitely scramble. Just just do it. Do what do what Army and Navy do. Run the triple option and, and see what you can get done. Beating the Texans twenty three to twenty is not great. They they were a better t- they were the better team, I think, the Bears. Uh they just won by the field goal there towards the end. Let's 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 go full send. If we're gonna just run the ball, let's let's go for it. Let's let's see what we can establish here on the ground. Um th- of course that would never happen, but I think that would uh that'd be that'd be fun to watch. Okay. Jags, 38. Chargers, 10. Lawrence, good game. James Robinson, good game. Lawrence threw for 262 yards, three TDs. Robinson had 100 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Zay Jones got into the end zone. He had 85. Kirk had 72 and a touchdown. Marvin Jones had 33 and a touchdown. And then uh, the Chargers, man, they did not look good. Herbert still managed to throw for almost 300 yards. He had 297, a score, and an interception. Sony Michelle lead back. Uh, Austin Eckler is fucking dead, by the way. And then Josh Palmer was the leading receiver with 99 yards uh, on six catches. Mike Williams caught a touchdown early, but it was a really, really, really quiet day for the for the Chargers. I, I actually put a sizable wager on the Jags uh, after they went up uh like 147 you can still get them at like minus 110 or minus 115 so they won me some money on this game man the jags look really fucking good really good they're two and one now the chargers are one and two uh i am worried about the chargers at this point because they they lost bosa uh they lost a bunch of other guys they lost rashawn slater he got injured in this game these are guys that are not going to be out for just a couple weeks either uh, Rashawn Slater has a torn bicep. Typically, that's a really, really, really long recovery process. He's probably going to be done for the season. And now we're back to dealing with Storm Norton at right and left tackle, right tackle, I guess, for Slater. Uh, it's bad. It's really bad in L.A. And and Herbert did not look good. You know, I'm also very concerned about them. Um, like you said, injuries on both sides of the wall. Yep. Um, and their most important player was clearly injured, um, Justin Herbert, and still trotting out there doing his best. So I'm nervous about them moving forward. Uh, we all were really high on them going into the season. I'm sure a lot of people that watch NFL were very high on them coming into the season. But with, you know, the way the injuries are lined up for them currently, it is not looking great. No, it looks really ugly. And the play calling there. Uh, in LA, they need to fire Lombardi. Uh, I was talking to this or talking about this with our Chargers friend Zach. He's one hundred percent right. It's uh, it's not been good there. They, they got to figure something out. Okay, let's move on to Rams cards. All right, I'll let you handle this one because we we were both in we were both in the the Cardinal smash spot and they weren't able to do it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know, dude. The 
there's something about Kyler Murray that just seems off. Yeah, well, like, I agree. He's my fantasy it, QB. It's just something is not clicking for Kyler Murray. I don't know if it was all the off season, you know, like slander with oh he doesn't study. Now there's the whole Call of Duty thing. Oh, when it's Call of Duty week, he can't play football. Like yeah. I don't know. If, all this stuff's getting into his head and he actually, you know, like doesn't feel comfortable right now um, as the quarterback, either in Arizona or just in general, um, because there has been a lot, a lot of media pressure on him. Um, it feels like more than arguably any other player this season. Um, but let's also not forget that he is missing he hop um, AJ Green is like injured or not playing. I don't know what his deal is. Um, his best wide receiver is arguably Greg Dortch um, at this point, and I and James Conner is clearly not the James Conner that was last year. I, I mean, the only reason he was relevant is because he had 500 touchdowns. But I don't know, dude. The Cardinals do not look good. It looks like last season might have been a fluke. Um, I hope they turn it around. Um, I was, I know we were Kyler haters last year, but I mean, he's getting unneeded hate. Like we were hating on him because everyone loved him. Yeah. Uh, now that everyone hates him, I kind of feel bad hating him. Uh, so I'm I'm rooting for him to turn it around. But in terms of the Rams side, I mean, Matt Stafford still doesn't look good. No, nah, looks, looks bad. Guy threw for 250 yards and no touchdowns. Um, Sean McVay is still just absolutely ramming Cam Akers down our throat. I don't get it. I I mean, he had a better week this week, but still, his season-long stats are not good. His season is not good. Um, But yeah, I'm tired of the Cam Akers show. Tired of Sean McVay. Um, Matt Stafford sucks this year, sadly. I think his elbow is bothering him, um, and they refuse to say it. Yeah. Um, And their their number one wide receiver was Skronik, or however you say it. Yeah, Ben Skronik, my boy. Yeah, so I mean they're definitely not um, repeat contenders in my eyes. No, um, at the moment, just because Matt Stafford does not seem to be himself. Like last year, he threw a bunch of picks, but Matt Stafford's always in that. He goes out there and he competes and he tries to win. He's like if Carson Wentz was good. Yep, that's exactly. Um, that's I totally. So agree. he's not doing that now. He's playing like he's old Big Ben. Yep. So I don't know. I'm out on the Rams. Um, I'm out on the Cardinals. I think until D Hop comes back. Um. The the NFC West does not seem to be the juggernaut it was last season. No, definitely not. I mean, the, the Niners have been weakened, in my opinion, or some would say improved, but I think weakened. And then the Seahawks are not good either. So the Rams kind of blowing leads and, and just not playing complete football on both sides of the ball, I don't think is a recipe for success. And the Cardinals, like you said, I, I just... I don't know. I, I can't get into the Cardinals right now. Kyler's got to rush for more, and I know he can. We know how fast he is. He's got to rush for more. He's got to he's got to get out of the pocket. He threw fifty eight times and he only managed three hundred fourteen yards. I mean, it's not a bad stat line, but when you're not throwing touchdowns, uh, touchdown passes, it's it's just not good enough. And and they got to figure it out here soon because. Uh, while the while the Rams aren't clicking, I think this is the time for the Cardinals to sort of uh, take that uh, the division by the horns, and I think they actually can, especially when Hopkins comes back. But uh, we're we're gonna have to see. You know, he's got what three more weeks before he's back, uh, two more after this week. So we'll see. Packers four. Oh, what's up? Just, 
touch on that Kyler thing. Yeah, I remember last season, at the beginning of the season, they said they wanted to uh, limit his running to yeah. increase longevity. But I don't think the trade-off of increased longevity for decreased production um, is worth it in a league like the NFL, um, where it's pretty cutthroat. Um, so, I mean, I think they need to just let him go out there and do his thing. Don't try and play it safe. Don't try and keep him safe, you know? Like, he's an athlete. Let him be an athlete. Don't make him a pocket passer. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, all right, where are we at? Oh, Packers 14, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 12. Ugly, ugly, ugly game. Neither of these QBs could really get it going. They both threw for 200, like 250 yards. Uh, Rodgers had two TDs. Packer, or Brady had one. Uh, Rogers threw an interception. Jones couldn't get it going on the ground. Romeo Dubs looks great. He had 73 yards and a touchdown. Lazard had a touchdown. And then um, the Packers, or the, the Packers, dude, what the fuck? The Bucks were able to get into the end zone with Russell Gage, who had 87 yards on the day. Um, but outside of that, it was really ugly, man. The, the Bucks turned it up late, but they weren't able to score the two-point conversion. They weren't able to get this game to OT. This is a great win for the Packers. Very important. They're 2-1. and one. The Bucs are 2-1 and one as well. But the Eagles lead the NFC at this point. They are the only unbeaten team in the NFC. The Dolphins' only unbeaten team in the AFC. Did you take anything away from this? The thing that I took away the most was the fact that if Dubs can actually be there when... Rodgers needs him to be there he can for sure break out as the wide receiver one in Green Bay I think he's definitely talented enough I was waiting to say it I know other people have said it too but he did look really good in this game that was the biggest takeaway for me and and the Bucks are nothing without their receiving core is the other takeaway yeah um before I start I just like to say that was easily my best bet of the week that first half under those yeah two that was cash I've ever watched um but yeah dude Romeo he could definitely be their number one wide receiver he's the most put together in terms of route running speed and hands Christian Watson has all the physicals um but he just doesn't seem to be there yet in terms of his catching and his route running and yeah. his separation um, just from what I saw, you know, week one and two. Um, but Romeo could be the guy moving forward. Um, Lazard will always be, you know, it feels like Roger's safety blanket at this point, like, because he knows what he can get out of out of him. Um, but, yeah, the, the Bucks um, are really bad at the moment. Uh, no, the, without the receiving core, they are nothing. And Which, I mean, that you could say that for any team, but it kind of sucks for them at the moment. But I think once, so he's obviously getting Mike Evans back this week. I think if they can get Chris Godwin back too, uh, Tom Brady might be coming out angry and come out firing, and he might turn uh, their season around here. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're definitely playoff bound, obviously, being in the easiest division football, it feels like. But I'm not super high on either of these teams until they can show me something. Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll move on to my sharp pick of the week. Falcons 27, Seattle 23. Marcus Mariota. With a uh, kind of mediocre game here. He did have 229 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He rushed for a touchdown as well. Marcus Mariota, first touchdown. Something Cookie and I uh, spoke about while while we were eating pizza. And then, what do you know? We uh, didn't bet on it. Quarterback Patterson, another career day. 141 yards on the ground with a touchdown. 
as well as 12 yards through the air. I believe that is the most scrimmage yard scrimmage yards uh, he has recorded in a game ever. So good, uh, good to be a Cordero Patterson owner like myself. Drake London had a score, 40, 54 yards. And then Kyle Pitts actually got targeted uh, a lot in this game. He had five receptions for 87 yards. This was a great, great performance from Kyle Pitts. If they can get him the ball more, I think that this Falcons offense could actually be somewhat decent. Um, the Seahawks did not look good. Despite Geno Smith throwing for 325 yards, he also threw an interception. Uh, there was two touchdowns from him. Rashad Penny had 66 on the ground, and then DK scored and had 64 yards. Will Disley scored as well for them. And Tyler Lockett had nine catches for 76 yards. Seahawks, not a good team. Falcons, not a good team, but I think uh, the Falcons' upside, like their ceiling, is higher than the Seahawks. I don't know. I think a lot of people would probably disagree with that, but I really like the Falcons. I don't think they're a bad team. I don't know if Arthur Smith is a long-term solution at head coach, and I definitely don't think Mariota is a long-term solution at QB. But I think they have enough talent there in London and Pitts and somehow Cordero Patterson uh, for them to to sort of be decent. You know, I like the Falcons in the spot to get like six or seven wins. They're they're scrappy. They stayed tight with the Rams last week. Um, I don't know. I was happy that they won this game. I, I really like the Falcons. And the Seahawks just, just don't look all the way there. Their defense is kind of sloppy, not as good as it once was, obviously. And and this was a, a great, great win for the Falcons. Yeah, um, I just agree with your sentiment on the Falcons. I mean, their upside looks to be really high. Um, I don't think Mariota's the answer. Do I think we see Desmond Ritter at some point this year just to see if he has the stuff? Yeah. Um, possibly. Um, I don't think it would hurt the Falcons in the long run because they know they're not you know competing for anything significant this year. Um, it was nice to see Kyle Pitts you know, return to playing um, and scoring points. Um, and yeah, Drake London's good. Um, Cordero somehow still grinding it out. Uh, yeah, Seahawks look bad. Um, not necessarily Geno's fault, but he's also not doing them any favors. They just don't seem to be a put together team. Yeah, totally. That's, that's totally true. All right, we got two more games and then we'll get into our picks. Niners Broncos. This was ugly. I don't even know how much we need to talk about it. Uh, Niners 10, Broncos 11. Broncos score six points in the fourth quarter. Niners unable uh, to get the win here. The under was an absolute cash from hell. Debo Samuel had 73 yards. He also rushed for six. Jeff Wilson had 75 yards on 12 carries. Garoppolo, 211, a touchdown and an interception. Russ, awful, awful, awful game, but managed to somehow... Get enough points for the Broncos in that final drive that they win the game. Javante Williams had 58 uh, yards on 15 carries, but Melvin Gordon was the touchdown scorer on the ground. That was it, dude. That was it. Uh, Jonas Griffith had an interception. He he intercepted Garoppolo, but man, the play calling uh, in San Fran is suspect. The play in general in Denver is suspect. Broncos are now 2-1, and one, despite being one of the worst fucking teams to the eye test that I've ever seen. And the Niners are 1-2. and two. I think I think they're a better team with a better roster and better coaching, but they lost in this spot. This was ugly, man. This was one of the worst Sunday night football games I've, I've watched in some time. Yeah, no. Um, both teams were terrible. Um, Russell Wilson is terrible. Jimmy G does not look good. 
Um, nothing positive to say about either team in that game. Um, so, I mean, we can just move on. Javante Williams is good. I mean, so I guess that's positive. But other than that, yeah, um, we can move on from that game. Yeah, it was just so ugly. I mean, I fucking hated this shit so much. I don't ever want to watch that matchup ever again. Um, okay, and then we had Monday Night Football, which was actually extremely um, profitable for, for a lot of the people that, that Jeremy and I know. Uh, a great game. The Cowboys win 23-16 at MetLife. Giants now 2-1. Cowboys now 2-1. Cooper Rush, the Cooper Rush experience, 215 yards, a touchdown. Tony Pollard rushed for 105. Ezekiel Elliott rushed for 73 and had a touchdown. C.D. Lamb, great second half, 87 yards and a touchdown. A unbelievable touchdown at that. And then the uh, Dallas defense held pretty strong against Daniel Jones, who just is not good. 196 yards and interception. Saquon, 81 yards, touchdown. And then Sterling Shepard, lead receiver, who tore his ACL and is done for the season, 49 yards. Uh, no scores. Saquon also had 45 yards uh, through the air. So he had like 135 scrimmage yards or 125. Really, really, really good game for Saquon. But uh, outside of that, I don't think the Giants have a single good player. They suck. Yeah. They suck really bad. Yeah, no. Um, they, I mean, they were bad to watch. I mean, the awesome. Cowboys could have won by a significant margin. I agree themselves in the foot they had a bunch of penalties down like in the red zone area cd lamb dropped a wide open touchdown which yes he made up for in the second half but still he dropped a wide open touchdown in the first half um and they just looked like all around way better than the giants which is tough for if you're a giants fan um to know that with the cowboys playing their backup quarterback so yeah the giants are cooked um i'm glad they're no longer undefeated and we can get away from them thinking they're good yeah um all right let's uh let's move on to our picks for the week tonight we have the dolphins taking on the bengals a three and oh juggernaut some are calling them taking on the bengals who have been pretty i don't know uh, unimpressive let's say uh, what do you like in this spot? Because I'm, I'm really sort of lost. I'm going to pull up the lines right now, but. I think personally, I'm going to go with the Bengals minus three here. Yeah. Um, Xavier Howard's dealing with some like groin. I wouldn't, I don't want to call it an injury, but some, you know, there's something he's not a hundred percent. Um, yeah. which is that what you want to hear when you're about to go up against Jamar Chase and um, T. Higgins? Um, Tua, we all know, should not be playing football today. There should be zero chance that he is allowed to play. Um, but they're going to trot him out there anyways. Um, I don't think he's going to do well. If I was him, I wouldn't even want to play. Um, after watching the video of myself collapse trying to walk um, last week. Um, Waddle is banged up. He's going to play, though. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the Dolphins are just kind of beat up on both sides of the ball, man. And I think this is a get-right spot for the Bengals. I think if Joe Burrow can put it together here, they can, you know, really put a hurting down on the Dolphins because the Dolphins are due for some sort of regression game. They can't keep being this good. Um, I mean, maybe they can, but what do I know? Um, so 
I think I think I'm in on the Bengals. Um, I'm gonna it's minus three and a half, but I'm gonna go minus three. And I know you're worried about the money. It's fifty fifty. Last I saw on both sides. Really? All right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a pick 'em. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. They're giving us the plus money here. They're plus one sixty. Uh, I actually, I kind of agree with you. Like I, I think the Bengals probably do win this game, but the value is not there for me. So I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. I just think. Um, that this is a really weird spot, you know. It is a get-right game for the Bengals. A, a touchdown score would probably be safer here. You have to remember Tyree kills going against uh, Eli Apple, who he fucking hates. I actually think Tyreek has a ridiculous game, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Dolphins on the money line. I just I think the value's good. Uh, Man, this is the first time we've disagreed on the Thursday games this year. I know. So. I know we're gonna have to see how it how it winds up for us. Let me uh, mark these down quick. Okay, and then what is our first one p.m. game? The Minnesota Vikings taking on the New Orleans Saints. Vikings currently two and a half point favorites. Money's all over the Vikes for the nine thirty London game. I thought this was one p.m. It's actually nine thirty. Ugh. The Lunder. I'm going to go with under 43 and a half. I think this is a sloppy under game. I'm not an under better typically, but I do think this is a good spot for it. They're playing at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. Um, Hopefully the under hits here and then uh, I don't know. It's going to be a weird one for sure, but I'm going to go with under 43 and a half. The Lunder. I kind of like that. Uh, I do think the under has a good shot here. Um, and I wouldn't, you, you know what? I'm just going to take the under with you. I think that's the safe play here. Okay. Um, I think hopefully we do see some more running out of the Vikings this week. Um, but who knows? But yeah, I'm going to go with the under. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing an exciting football game at 930 in the morning, but I just don't think it will be. No, it's never good. It's usually like the Jaguars and somebody else. This is a year where I'd like it to be the Jaguars, to be honest, because they're they're you know nice to watch. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the uh, with the under. We have Titans Colts up next. Majority of the money on the Titans. I think this is a great spot for the Colts. You know the Titans did get that win last week against the Raiders. They're one and two. Colts are one one and one. I think. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts on the money line at minus 174. This is a good, this is a really good spot for them. Uh, and I think there's just a little bit too much confidence in the Titans, despite the fact that they, you know, only beat a shit team last week. So I'm going to go with Colts, uh, Colts minus 174 on the money line. Yeah. Um, this game sucks, honestly. Yeah. It seems like two games where they're just going to run the ball. Yeah. Um, a million times. I don't really know how I feel about that. I think this might be a first half under for me. Let me check the line here. Um, yeah, you know what I'm going to take? I'm going to take, they have a first half total touchdowns. Ooh. I'm going first half total touchdowns under two and a half. That way I don't get beat on some BS four field goals or something to cash the over. So I'm going first half under two and a half touchdowns with the bet I didn't even know existed. I'm here for it. Oh, I love that. I really do like that. 
Uh, okay, we'll move on to the Chicago Bears versus the New York Giants. All right. My play for this game is it is the worst game you've ever seen. The first drive result is a punt. Minus 160. I love it. You're going you're gonna to get your money in. You're going to get your money out quickly rapidly you can spread it out on a live bet after that this is one of my max plays this team regardless of who gets the ball i am expecting a punt so rapidly it's not even funny i'm taking first drive result is a punt by either team yeah no i'm tailing 100 percent. i just pulled the, i just looked at that line as you were talking through it I dude, that that's that could be the mega whale play of the year. Dude. I know. Unless Khalil Herbert runs it up the gut through every Giants defender, um, that's the only way I could see either team not having to punt. Um, I, I'm all in on the punt minus one sixty. Let's get it. I I I don't know what inspired me to look for that line. I don't ever bet these, but if there's a spot. Where that is going to be a play, uh, I think I think that's it. And there's, of course, not going to be any sort of money we need to worry about there. So, uh, all right, cool. We're getting a tail there. We have the Buffalo Bills taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, in Baltimore, the Bills are three-point favorites. Ravens, dogs, plus 136. Uh, money is tilted slightly in Buffalo's favor, um, 51%. Of the money is on the um, <clears throat> the Bills spread. Man, this is tough. It's really tough. I I'd like to say that the over is in play because the Bills are are missing some defensive guys and the Ravens defense has been somewhat suspect. Um, but I don't want to get caught up waiting for fifty one points. You know what I mean? I think <sighs> it's tough. It's really tough. I'm actually gonna go. I'm gonna go with the the over. I I, I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. I don't want to, but I'm gonna go with the over fifty one. I think it's a nice number. Um, I can totally see this game being you know thirty to twenty seven. It, it it seems definitely possible to me. So that's what I'm gonna go for. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad play at all. I mean, with the way that the Dolphins move the ball on the Bills. Yeah, I think they have the Ravens have an even better shot. I mean, they have Lamar Jackson. Yep. I'm stuck here. I want to either go Lamar touchdown or Mark Andrews touchdown because I see Lamar getting it down to like the five and it being a close game and Lamar being the guy. Yeah. And get in there. Oh, but I also could see Mark doing the same. Come Sunday, I know I'm definitely placing a two a him and Josh, same game parlay. I know I will be placing that. Yeah. I think Lamar, you should go with Lamar. Yeah. If that's what your yeah. gut's telling you, I think you got to go with it. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go with Lamar, man. Lamar, okay. I mean, and if I get beat by Mark Andrews touchdown, so be it. I, I have the Lamar-Mark Andrews stack on my one fantasy team, so I, I can live with it if I watch Mark Andrews score instead of Lamar. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, we'll move on to Chargers, Texans. Chargers currently five and a half point favorites. Only sixty-two percent of the money 
is on the Chargers. I think the over's in a great spot here at 44.5, but I'm going to go with the Chargers at minus 5.5. They really like the Texans to cover the spread here. I don't think the Chargers let us down two weeks in a row. Despite their injuries, I think that they come out, they play a decent game. Keenan Allen's going to be back in this one, and hopefully they get Eckler a little bit more involved. I'm going to go with Chargers minus 5.5. I feel pretty confident about that one. Yeah, no, I'm in agreement there. Um, I think this is a good spot for the excuse me, the Chargers to uh, get back here. I mean, like we said, they're dealing with a lot of injuries, um, so I don't think they'll be able to, you know, get too hot long term. But I think if there's a game for them to come back and kind of give themselves hope, it's here. So I'm going to go with them minus five and a half as well. Cool. Um, we have the Detroit Lions versus the Seattle Seahawks up next. I hate this game a lot. Um, I wish that I didn't have to watch it, but I'm going to be gambling on it anyway. Uh, we have the total touchdowns first half sitting around over or sitting around two and a half. I like the over, but I'm going to stay away. Um, I'm going to go with the Jamal Williams touchdown in this game. DeAndre Swift is, of course, out, banged up again, unfortunately. So I'm going to go with Jamal Williams. I think the Lions have to establish the run uh, if they want to win this one, especially with the fact that uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was not spotted at practice, and it seems like he's going to miss this week with an ankle injury. So I'm going to go with uh, Jamal Williams' touchdown. I know the odds aren't going to be great, but it should be uh, relatively free. Yeah, no, I'm going with Jamal Williams' touchdown, and as part of my long shot parlay on Sunday, I'm sure I'll have him in with two-plus. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just seems like whenever Jamal Williams gets the chance to be the guy, he is the guy and proves he can be the guy. Um, whether that was with the um, Packers or the Lions, he is the guy. So I'm in. Yeah, I'm in on Jamal. Um, touchdown. I think he could go for two plus if yeah. the game plays right. So yeah, give me one. I totally agree. Okay, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the New York Jets. Oh man, the money's on Pittsburgh, but it's not. It's not too tilted. I'm gonna go with a Najee Harris touchdown in this game. I just traded for him. I gotta trust in Najee. I think the Steelers minus three is actually great value here. Like I love it, but I'm just gonna go with the touchdown because you never know with the Steelers team, man. They they play really ugly football. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Najee Harris. Uh anytime touchdown at minus one ten. I like that. I do. Um I think I think I'm going Steelers minus three. Zach okay. Wilson coming back, he was the worst football and quarterback. Uh, uh, worst football and quarterback, I said. Worst quarterback <laughs> in football last season when he did play. Um, and I don't know. I don't think he's the guy. I mean, he played at BYU. Um, I hope he's – I mean, I hope for the Jets' sake he can be good, but I just don't think him coming back week one against the Steelers' defense that always plays well is a good spot for them to be throwing him to the Wolves. Uh, coming back from injury. So I'm in on the Steelers minus three. Beautiful. This is my lock of the week. We're coming up on it. Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Philadelphia Eagles. My two favorite teams to watch so far. We have the Jags uh, as six and a half point favorites. I think there's a ton of value in that, by the way. They're plus 235 on the money line. Don't sleep on that either. The over-under is 45 and a half. I like the over. This is going to be a good game. But my money... My big money whale max play of the week is the first half total 
The first half totals at 23.5. The Eagles have scored a majority of, of their points in the first half. I think they scored 24 points last week by themselves in the first half uh, or in the, the second quarter. So I think they come out hot here. I think the Jags come out hot too. Over 23 and a half uh, is, the, is the pick. It's plus 100, and I love it. That's the first half total in Jags-Eagles. Give me the Jags money line. Right. Not because I'm being an Eagles hater or think, you know, that I don't know. Not that that's the case. I just think with the way the Jaguars have played on both sides of the ball, that the Eagles don't necessarily deserve a six and a half point line. Um, yeah, if it was down at, if it was down at three and a half, I'd consider, you know, taking Eagles think, and I'd really have to think about, you know, which side I'd like here. But plus six and a half for the Jags just seems like a lot of points. So I'm just going to full send it on the money line um, at plus 235 um, just because that spread is so high. You're getting a lot of good value on that money line. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. I I think that the Jags can 100% stay in this game. Jags plus six and a half is going to be in a couple of my parlays. Um, I just I think that's too many points. They're they're giving they're giving the Jags way too many points there. So. Uh, okay, we'll move on to Browns, Falcons. God, this is the gun to your head game of the week. Uh, ugly. Money's on Cleveland. Give me the Falcons. I'm going to take Falcons plus 104 on the money line. The value's not there on the spread. One and a half is just bullshit. I don't want anything to do with that. I think there's actually probably some value on the under, too, in this game. It's going to be sloppy. But I'll take Falcons to get it done two weeks in a row. The Browns have not looked good. Um and I, I just think that this is a good spot for the Falcons. Funny, I'm about to say the exact opposite. I'm in on, <laughs> I'm in on the Browns' money line. Um, they're, I mean, they've competed all season. Amari Cooper seems to be um, good. Um, and, I mean, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunter are always going to be good. I just yeah, think they have – I think they have, they're more well-rounded than the Falcons. Um, long-term Falcons way higher upside at the moment, um, like we said earlier. But I just think at this exact moment, the Browns are the better football team. So I'm just going to go with the Browns money line here. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's a crazy pick. I, I think that's probably the sensible pick, to be honest. Um, Washington versus Dallas. The Cowboys currently three-point favorites in Dallas. They are, which means they're only getting a point. That, you know, they're only... Minus really one because of the two-point thing at home. Um, I'm taking Dallas minus three. I know that the money's all over him, but I'm taking Dallas minus three. Bad play. Dallas versus the Commanders. I don't know. This always seem to be tight here. Things all. I think I'm going to go with the over. Okay. Um, it's low. 41 and a half. I might take it. I think I'm going to buy it down to 40 and a half um, just to leave some field goal room in there. Yeah. Um, you know, a little 21-20 game could be in the future here. Um, I don't know. I think the commanders try to air it out a little more this week after playing super conservative last week and seeing that that doesn't work. Um, and that could lead to high scoring or a lot of interceptions for Carson Wentz, which would then lead to points for the Cowboys. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I think I'm in on the overt. I'm taking it at 40 and a half. Though. All right, cool. I got it. 
Uh, up next, we have the Cardinals taking on the Panthers. Cardinals currently one and a half point dogs. Jesus Christ, they weren't dogs the last time I looked. Plus 100 on the money line, 80% of the money on Arizona as we speak, which of course it is. The over under is at 42 and a half. Oh, good God. The over is probably where you want to put your money, but I'm just, I'm going to get baited into it again. Cardinals money line. I'm not betting on the Panthers. No, I'm all in as well on the Cardinals money line. Um, I, dude, there is some. The Panthers should not be a favorite against any team oh, in no. football. They shouldn't. Except maybe, I don't even know. I couldn't even think of one off the top of the head. The Raiders? Bears. The Bears. <laughs> the the Bears. Bears. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, I don't even know where Vegas got this line. I'm in, dude. Yep. I'm so in on the Cardinals money line. Yeah, I just I, I don't see how this is a spot where the Panthers can win. I really don't. Um so, all right, cool. Both of us on cards money line. We'll move on to Broncos Raiders. Good Lord. Money's all over the Raiders. 73% of the money is on Raiders spread uh, at two and a half. They're two and a half point favorites. I, I don't know, man. I hate this shit. I hate it. I, I don't know. Give me, uh, give me the Broncos, I guess. I don't know. I hate this game. It, never mind. Give me the Raiders. I want to take the Raiders. I, I think they got to win a game here here soon. And the Broncos got lucky last week. I'm going to go with the Raiders. This is a pick em. This game stinks. Yeah, I don't even know what I want to pick here. Derek Carr, two plus maybe. Two plus touchdowns. Uh, the line's not out yet, but I, I do like that pick. I'll, I'll be putting money on that on uh, on Sunday. Like It seems like a smash spot for the under with the way both offenses yeah, it does. play. But then you know they're like you're gonna bet it, and it seems like smart playing. They're gonna go out there and score some fucking sixty-five to, points. Yeah, yeah, like forty-two to thirty, and you're yep. gonna be like, "Well, that wasn't even close." Yep, uh, that's exactly right. Maybe it is. Maybe it's the over. Maybe it was always the over. The reverse psychology over. I yeah. like that. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Tough spot. I'd love like if there were some like receiving lines out at the moment. I know, just too easier. early. I could see Darren Waller showing up for once. Yeah, I agree. Actually, there. Um. So just the FYI, that's probably going to be um what I would pick, but I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm getting Josh Jacobs touchdown um and also i highly recommend taking his over in receptions when we get there um they've been increasing his passing game usage he had five receptions last week which he never does um so they're upping that for some reason but i'm going josh jacobs touchdown um he got the he got the ball on 29 percent of their completed snaps um from rushing and receptions and i mean that's a recipe for a touchdown he has zero on the season so he's got to get one i'm in josh jacobs touchdown all right, we have the fir- uh, we have the New England Patriots taking on the Green Bay Packers. Packers currently nine and a half point favorites, probably probably right where it should be. Pat's going to have Brian Hoyer under center. Not a good situation, uh, but my eyes go directly to the first half spread. I'm going to take Packers minus five first half spread. Packers have come through for you and I both on these first half spreads last season. I think this is a great spot for it. I like to value minus five and minus 115. I love it. I'm going to take Packers first half spread. Yeah, I'm actually just going to tell you on that. I think they're up a touchdown going into the half. Yeah. I mean, 
there I just don't see the Patriots scoring points, man. No, I don't either. I think it's going to be a really, really bad performance by the Pats. Um, they should probably be 0-3. They stink, in my opinion. They're they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're boring. So I'm just going to have to go with, uh, go with the gut with the Packers. We have the Chiefs taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. I there's a contingency plan for this game. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, Bucks still missing some of their guys. However, they are going to get uh, Mike Evans back. <sighs> Chiefs, there's money all over them. Um, I hate this game a lot. I I think what I'm going to do um, is go with a Leonard Fournette touchdown. I just think that the Bucks need to get the running game going, and this is a good spot for them to do it. Uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't like betting on the Chiefs here, and I don't like betting on the Bucks because I really don't believe in them whatsoever. So I'm going to go with a Leonard Fournette touchdown. I don't know when this game is going to be played either because there's, a, of course, a gigantic hurricane in Tampa right now. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with playoff Lenny uh, for a touchdown. Yeah, I wouldn't mind um, seeing this game move to Kansas City. Yeah, <laughs> that way it actually gets played. Um, but I don't even know if the Bucks can get out. Like it's bad. the The hurricane is bad down there, dude. Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll take Lenny with you. I mean, I want to bet the Chiefs, but I mean, looking at this money spread. Yeah, it's a retake. It, it's just the it's the same thing last week against the Colts, and the Colts were a much worse team than the Bucks. But like, I don't know. It, it's bad. It, I I don't want anything to do with that bullshit. Yeah, if it were to even out more by Sunday, I would definitely go Chiefs money line. Yeah. Um, but I just get nervous. It's when it dude, it's creeping up towards eighty percent. Like that's a little outlandish. Yeah, it's the danger zone. So I'm in. Yeah, give me a Lenny touchdown. He's got to get one eventually, man. Yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, and then we have the LA Rams taking on the San Francisco 49ers. This game stinks too. Money's all over the Rams. Uh, Rams plus 100 on the money line. Can't believe the Niners uh, are favorites in this game. This is a fucking trap game if I've ever seen one. Stay away from those money lines, man. I, I'm, I'm telling you guys right now, you, you don't want anything to do with it. It's going to be like a five-point game. What I'm going to do is take the Rams plus five and a half. Um, the value is not great. However, uh, I do think that it's, it's a really safe spot for them. They, let me find it. Plus five and a half is minus two ten. It's not good, but it's going to be a green spot probably on the, on the, uh, spreadsheet. So I'm going to take Rams plus five and a half alt spread. I know that's a pussy bet, but what are you going to do? Yeah, I'm just taking Rams money line. I think they beat Jimmy G. I'll keep it simple. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's fair. It's just entering the danger zone for me, and I can't get got by that this week. So, all right, guys, that's everything. Episode is about an hour, an hour and 15. Um, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find all current past uh and future episodes of the show on soundcloud spotify and apple Podcasts. jeremy thank you for joining me we will see you guys all next week good luck with your bets this weekend hope you enjoy the london game and we'll talk to you all next wednesday or thursday thank you evan let's uh let's get back on the green side here this week yes sir see y'all